Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. We know it's with Ja Morant this morning. Oh my gosh. What a scintillating performance. 47 from John Morant, absolutely took over in the fourth quarter. Unstoppable. Warriors had an injury, couldn't stay with him. We'll talk about Memphis coming back. Yes, coming back to beat the Warriors in the fourth quarter. We didn't think that could be done. You know, uh, kind of some egg on my face this morning. Had the Warriors on the money line, did not come through. Still a three and two night. We'll talk about that. We may touch on Bucks Celtics, although it was another snoozer. That series has stunk out loud so far. Uh, but we have a special guest today following up yesterday's good guest on the Arizona Cardinals. Today we'll just talk basketball writ large, heavy on the NBA, a little dollop of college. His name is Dave Miller, and if you are an NBA diehard fan, you know him. He was an assistant coach with the New Orleans Hornets. He basically drafted Chris Paul. He was with the, uh, Byron Scott in the front office that drafted Chris Paul. And he went on to coach, uh, assistant coach in college basketball, and now lives out near me. So I see him around. He's like a big man about town. He has a basketball camp. And I'll just tell a quick Dave Miller story before we get into the interview. First of all, he's a great talker. You know, he'll call you up, you'll say something, and then he'll just have like a three minute story that's like, wow, that really happened, huh? And his, his, his Rolodex is deep, and his uh, storytelling is tremendous. You, you guys are going to love this interview. And a bunch of my friends who do listen to this podcast and know Dave Miller are going to be like, wow, that, hey, that, that guy's wild. So you guys are going to love it. Um, but first, I'll tell you a quick fun story. So he runs a basketball camp out here in the South Bay in LA 
that is always sells out quickly. You know, youth basketball, he brings in some of the former uh, local kids who make it to college. And, um, you know, this guy sat on an NBA bench next to Chris Paul, okay? Like, the credentials are there. He knows hoops, obviously. And he's animated, a storyteller, he's fun. And I find out about it late, and it's sold out. And I ask a couple friends, and they're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't do any exceptions, nothing like that. And I'm like, I'll give it a shot. Give me his number. So I hit him up. He's like, oh, yeah, Fox Sports, I know you. Jay, I see you on Cowherd Show, of course. Yeah, come on, bring the kids. And, um, I, you know, we're like a late ad, super lucky. Of course, I paid full freight, even though my kids couldn't go all the days. Um, and it was just like an awesome experience. My daughter's like, I want to go two weeks this year, Dad. I was like, all right, great, wonderful. Um, and he's just a great storyteller on the NBA. I hope one day my depth of knowledge about the league is as much as his. Wait till you hear his Lakers stuff. Uh, his Chris Paul stuff is interesting. His Lakers stuff, yeah, Bob Knight, Kobe Bryant. Like, he's friends with everybody. Magic Johnson calls this guy. So um, you're going to love the interview. Uh, a quick word. I'm not going to say much about Boston-Milwaukee. Um it was just a bad game. Boston jumped out. I think it was 17-3. Milwaukee was like, oh, we got our game on, on the road. We're fine. And, you know, Boston rolled them, basically. Giannis looked like he was forcing a lot of stuff. He's not shooting it well in the series. And when they don't get, like, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen hitting, and, you know, Drew Holiday, like, if they don't get the ancillary pieces, like Bobby Portis didn't have a great game, if they don't have that, Without Middleton, you saw a very limited Milwaukee offense. I think the role players will play better at home. They'll be fine. Um, Grant Williams was the guy off the bench for Boston. Wow, 21 points, six threes. Him and Jalen Brown, like, if those two are giving you 50 points, they give him 51, and then you know what you're getting from Tatum, like, you got it. It's, it's all good. Even though they did not have Marcus Smart, a, a good win for Boston. Series on, I, reserving judgment on going forward. But I will say, I thought the Warriors were the side against um, the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis, it was a wacky game because for the second straight game, someone got thrown out, right? Draymond Green tossed in the first, game one. We all thought that was a little crazy. Game two, literally three minutes in, Dylan Brooks, who, you know, he's a, he's a rugged player, clobbers, and I mean absolutely takes out Gary Payton the second, a.k.a. the mitten, in midair. And you see when Peyton, he gets hit in the head, he lands awkwardly on his elbow. My guess is we're not going to see him anytime soon. I'm hopeful he comes back, and I'll tell you why in a sec. Because without him, the Warriors have nobody who can stay in front of John Morant in crunch time. John Morant absolutely took over in the fourth quarter. The Warriors actually led 97-93 with like four and a half left. And I'm like, oh, all right, Warriors got this. Of course, Memphis closes the game on a 13-4 to run. And it was basically all John Morant. Like, it's basically John Morant, top of the key. Let's give him a pick. Let's get him matched up with Clay. Let's get him matched up with Poole. Let's get him matched up with Curry. It don't matter, dog. Remember that line from uh, 8 Mile? Don't matter, dog. And John Morant just goes to the left every single time and scores. Every single time. It's unstoppable. He had 47 points. Bizarre stat. Third player to have multiple 45-point games in the playoffs before turning 23 years old. The other two, they turned out to be decent. Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. So, as my dog Buddy barks the seal of approval for John Morant, let's be real, guys. Clay Thompson, for this second straight game, looking a little washed. Had a key turnover there, down three. I think it was him with the travel. Clay shot 5 of 19. A bunch of like fadeaway one-legged Kevin Durant type shots that that's not in his bag anymore. So he was six of nineteen in game one, five of nineteen in game two, shooting twenty-nine percent in the series, twenty-three percent from deep, and he cannot guard John Morant at all. Like it's it's bad because remember Clay was one of the best two-way players in the league like four years ago, and he can't stay in front of John Morant. Um, I I feel reluctant to use the word washed, uh, and I'll add this. After game one, I, I think I said Clay choked on the free throws. So, of course, our guest, Dave Miller, um, calls me up like the next day. It was like, ah, I was, I was talking to Michael Thompson after the game, Clay's dad. And I read him your tweet about Clay choking. And he had some, uh, let's just say, not nice words. <laughs> I don't think Michael Thompson knows who I am. Nevertheless, I know Michael Thompson. Back up to Jabbar on some of those good Warrior, uh, Lakers teams in the 80s. Um, just are awesome. Uh, like a backup center, exactly what you want. At any rate, this isn't about Clay Thompson or his dad. I'll say this. 
I still like Golden State in this series. I just wonder. They're going to have to change up how they defend John Moran. You can't let him do this. I'm willing to go down letting Jaron Jackson, who, by the way, 3 of 14. Uh, I'm willing to let Desmond Bain, whose back is acting up, 2 of 7. They don't have anyone else shooting. You know who their best shooter was on Tuesday night? Zaire Williams, the rookie from Stanford. Four threes. Four of eight. He was there. He was there. Honestly, when you lose Brooks, it's like, okay, who's going to be our guy? Well, we'll play a lot of Brandon Clark for Tillman. Do we play Tyus Jones? Do we play um, Kyle Anderson, the kid from UCLA? Do we go with Melton? And it was Zaire Williams who was really awesome. Plus eight. The only guy on their entire bench with a plus in front of his uh, name in game two. Uh, meanwhile, I don't know what the Warriors do without Peyton because, you know, folks, I don't want to sound harsh. Wiggins can't really shoot it with any reliability. Now, Clay could go home and catch fire in at 35. That's that's possible. But I just, I, defensively, like, do, do you want the rookie Kaminga giving a shot to Ja? I'm fine with that. Ja did talk some trash to him in game one when he scored on him. Otto Porter, no. Does Toscano Anderson get a shot? I, I, Jordan Poole has no chance, and you can't have him fouling out because he was in foul trouble late, and he's just like deathly afraid to foul out, so he's not even trying defensively. Curry had a great defensive stop in game one, but all in all, like the John Morant thing is a problem. He is electrifying. I don't. I, you run out of adjectives for the guy. He's hanging in the air and making these incredible shots, like. He's really freaking good. He really, the, the Derrick Rose stuff is applicable. And with no rim protector, no like Rudy Gobert inside, he just finishes at the rim with ease because he gets in the air so much. My only concern with John Morant, I, I just hope he develops a reliable three-point shot. I know he's 5 of 12, but we've seen this with Russell Westbrook. We've seen this with Allen Iverson. If the athleticism is going to wane, injuries happen, it's not always going to be I'm beating you with athleticism. You've got to have a three. Jaws still got a bit of a shot put of a three. Now the Warriors are willing to give it to him. And if he's hitting, like, 5 of 12 is very damn good for Ja. Great. Memphis will live with that. And, and Golden State's like, you know, fine. I, I, I'm i okay with that. But I'm willing to let him shoot. I'm willing. To, I, I think you got to start to run a double at him. Like, at some point, you got to change it up for Golden State. All right. Enough of me prattling on. Let's get to our guest former NBA assistant coach, former college basketball assistant coach, David Miller. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy that has coached in the NBA. He has done media analysis on television. He's announced games. He hosts a basketball camp that's wildly popular out here in California. I know him well. So this is one of these guests where, I, you know, if the questions sound a little leading, it's because I know him pretty well. We talk regularly. Dave Miller, former NBA assistant coach, college basketball assistant coach. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm finally glad we got a chance to talk some hoops on a podcast. Yes. We usually do it when we pass each other walking our dogs. <laughs> well, if you guys don't know, Dave Miller is a fixture out here in Los Angeles. He is at all the Laker games. Uh, you know, Magic Johnson's calling him. He's friendly with all the important people. So we're going to get some real <laughs> juicy stuff out of him. Dave, I am curious. Uh, NBA playoffs, how would you grade them so far? No LeBron, no Kawhi Leonard. Um, obviously, both L.A. teams being out kind of hurts. Uh, Kevin Durant now out, the overrated Kyrie Irving out. Um, so far, how have you liked the playoffs? Well, I think it's been great. And I think, Jason, it's really showing us that there's a changing of the guard. You know, we went through generations in terms of watching players. I mean, the obvious would be Jordan to Kobe, Kobe to LeBron. I'm not ready, you know, to, to hand the league over. It's coming close where LeBron is going to hand that torch over. But I think the league is really good in terms of talent. Um, I think you're seeing that when you put teams together and there's a fit, you know, for example, Phoenix, what did they need? They had pieces, but they needed a vet to go along with that young scoring, you know, young Devin Booker out of Kentucky. And when you get an old head like CP3 and you put him around talent, you're starting to see teams come together. I love Love what Milwaukee has done because Giannis is there. He's not chasing, and I'm not saying that's wrong. We may get into that later, but he more or less is saying, I'm here and I can win here in a small market. I like to see that. 
Yeah, I am curious. You brought up Chris Paul, so we'll just start there. Chris Paul obviously is a guy you know extremely well. You were on the staff in New Orleans when Chris Paul had come into the league. And I'm just – listen, I've been critical of him, Dave, just because, you know, he went after Curry a couple years ago when he was with the Rockets, and he's he, everybody loves him. The stat guys love him. The advanced stats say he's one of the greatest point guards ever. There's been a lot of postseason failures, obviously the injuries. But, you know, he's really in these last two years with Phoenix starting to show, hey, man, I'm one of the five best, six best point guards in the history of basketball. Uh, uh, tell me a little about him, just that you know about Chris Paul. Well, you know, we we drafted him. So the very first time I got to meet him, we we drafted him. Katrina came. We got relocated to Oklahoma City. So I knew right away coming from college basketball that he was a student of the game. And, you know, just the way he talked, I could I could tell that he watches games. You know, a lot of kids love basketball. AAU, high school, you know, even in college, but they don't watch basketball. So, you know, the great ones, including Kobe Bryant, you know, who I had a very intimate relationship coaching against him in the NBA, knowing him before that, and then covering with the Lakers, all the great ones, they beg, they borrow, you know, you steal information. So to sum it up, he was just a, a, a hoop junkie. And, you know, we draft him. And the first thing he asked me for in, uh, in New Orleans is, do you have a playbook? The second thing he asked me is, do you have a video playbook on a DVD? And that just blew me away, you know, as a young rook that had just been drafted. And then thirdly, after meeting his parents, Jason, it was unbelievable being a college assistant. And I really prided myself on being a great recruiter in college. And, and, and I took as much pride in recruiting as head coaches did in winning for the ones I worked for. But I met his parents and I told B. Scott, the, the moment I ended my conversation and I got on the phone with Byron, I said, this cat's a different dude, man. He was raised right. Uh, his parents, you could tell, had a work ethic the way they spoke. Uh, it was yes, sir. It was no, sir. Uh, I'm big on eye contact when I'm recruiting you and when I'm coaching you. You know, are you locked into what I'm saying? Most people listen to respond. Chris Paul at that early stage, he listened to digest. And then one of the really cool things I think you would like, because you're a hoop junkie, is when I became the Laker analyst, Kobe knew that I coached him, you know, in New Orleans on that staff. Kobe used to pick my brain about him. What makes him tick? What were his workouts like? How does he deal with bumps, bruises, and injuries? And, uh, you know, that's when I knew that I've always said CP and Kobe were made from the same cloth. They're just competitors in everything they do. They've always want to improve their game. And both are really hard to play with because they demanded so much of others. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell me about the hard to play with thing. Like, how, once you get that label and, you know, like – is that a is that a bad thing or no? No, I think it's a great thing. I mean, everybody said no one wants to come to LA and play with Kobe Bryant. That's a bunch <laughs> of crap. You know, that just meant your people couldn't work things out with the other people. You know, tr trust me, players want to win. It's all this, and once you get to a certain that second contract, it's not about money anymore. It's about winning. And that's why you see guys that have money can chase it. Or some guys say, I'm not worried about money. I want to win championships. So, no, I think it's a good thing because, listen, if me and you owned a company, I want to know if you got two feet in as soon as I can to know if we're going to be in this company for the for the duration, whether it becomes unbelievably successful or so successful that we sell it for billions of dollars. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. That's whether we're business partners. That's whether we're teammates. That's whether we're coaching you. And really, that's whether you're married or not. Are you in for the duration? Most people aren't. That's a great point. Now, I'm looking back at this draft in, uh, was it 2005? Uh, Chris Paul went fourth overall. I mean, Dave, I'm looking at the list. I don't even know if any of these guys are still playing basketball. Andrew Bogut went one. That's how long ago this draft was. Like, centers actually mattered. Uh, Marvin Williams went two, North Carolina. Darren Williams, three. It was, a, it was a big Darren Williams versus Chris Paul debate. How did you see that of those two coming out? Well, you know what we thought really, and, and it'd be easy to say we wanted Chris, and we really did want Chris, but we didn't know if we were going to get Chris or Williams, but we were going to get one of the two. 
And at that point in time, again, I'm not like guys that come on and make it sound good and great and change it up. You know, yeah. if, if we would have got Darren Williams, then we were going to go to work with Darren Williams. You know, we felt very good with the vets on that team. You know, when CP3 won the rookie of the year, you know, you look at Gennaro Pargo, you look at Speedy Claxon, who's a head coach at Hofstra right now. Um, uh, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm forgetting. Oh, Bobby Jackson, you know, yeah. that's coaching now in the league. They were all on the roster. I'm not just going to say this. Well, I'll, I'll say it because Chris, <laughs> Chris would. Chris, I was going to say I don't want to speak for Chris, but I think I've heard Chris say it plenty of times publicly and privately that they were a main reason that he was voted rookie of the year because he learned under those guys that were students of the game and they were passing on information and CP three was a sponge. So, you know, either, or we knew we were going to get a player that we could work with. And uh, in the Princeton offense, you know, which Byron ran in new Orleans, we thought both would be a really good fit. Um, I liked the way Byron let Chris as he earned his trust, not the first 15 games, not the first 20 games, but once he, knew that Chris was going to be special, then Byron let him break things off, you know, really gave him some, I used the term veteranism at a very early stage to run our team. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to ask you, you keep talking about student of the game and like we talk and you know, I like hoops. I'm watching games every night, making my kids watch uh, highlights, all this nonsense, uh, reading too much. I'm spending too much time probably on basketball, but I love it. You know, I, I just entered a league with some guys out here in the South Bay. Like I love hoops. But I'm, I'm curious, where did your love for hoops come from? Well, I, I knew I wasn't going to be good enough to play in the NBA. So <laughs> I went to Springfield College, the birthplace of basketball, oh. to be a PE teacher. And I wanted to go back to Allentown, Pennsylvania and be a high school basketball coach. And I was fortunate enough to meet Bob Knight when he was out for the, the, uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame was on our campus. And that ended up being my part-time job while I was in college. So I got to meet, you know, some of the, uh, especially the Boston Celtics folks that would come down and do PSAs and whatnot. But long story short, I, I met Coach Knight. Um, I was able to hook on with Bob Weltlick, who was his boyhood friend in Orville, Ohio, that was at the University of Texas. But as anything you know, it's all about relationships. Um, it's all about trying to outwork people. And, and at that time, I knew I was smart enough that I wasn't going to be an NBA player. So I thought, what would be the greatest thing to do? And there are two things that came to mind. I wanted to be an undercover detective in New York City and work <laughs> vice. Okay. I was just intrigued with catching crooks, the mafia, you know, drug dealers. And I'm going on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Does this have a lot to do with movies or something? Were you just. Like, no, this upset? was just growing up and being in New York, you know, living in Allentown and going to see relatives in New York and, you know, going to Ozone Park, hanging out in Howard Beach in Queens, West 4th Street Park in the summer, you gravitate to where the players of the games yeah. are. So I just was intrigued. I, I wanted to be an undercover detective. I didn't want to be a cop in plain's clothes. And I wanted to figure out, and that was, I think, what made me good in recruiting. I wanted to figure out how to catch John Gotti. I, I used to see him all the time, okay, walking to the A train uh, when I was up there. And my wife, like I said, we're married 38 years. I remember our sophomore year of college, she said, what do you want to be? I said, I'm going to be a detective, undercover, <laughs> Vice, New York City. She goes, well, I don't know where this is going, but I'm not marrying you. I said, really? And then like two weeks later, I was more in love with her. I said, would you marry me if I became a college coach? She goes, absolutely. So that's when my career. <laughs> From undercover cop to college basketball coach. Uh, so so did, did you, you played a lot growing up. I am curious, like when, when did it sink in that, hey, you know, I'm not going to be in the NBA because I think it hit me probably when I didn't make the freshman basketball team. Uh, I thought I was a good young, young player and then I did, you know, everybody grew. I didn't get big, couldn't even make the freshman basketball team. I was crestfallen. And the next thing I did, Dave, was I was like, okay, well, um, why don't I go to the newspaper and start reporting on basketball? So I did that in 10th grade and that's how my like media took off. But how did you go from playing to coaching? Was it the Bob Knight friend? Well, if you remember Ed Stites, he was the uh, athletic director at Springfield College. He was the national rules interpreter. A lot of people credit him with developing and implementing the three-point shot mm -hmm. into college basketball. So he was the AD there. And, you know, Ed Billick was the head basketball coach there. And just in conversations, and first of all, I still think I'm going to be drafted. There's a chance this June. <laughs> Why not? Just like you and all the people that play in your backyard in your yeah. full court pickup <laughs> games. Okay. I still think, but where it really hit 
me on a serious note. First of all, when you go to Springfield College, you get hit in the head with a sledgehammer, Division Two. okay? You're not going to the NBA. You know, I wasn't that guy and I wasn't that story. So that's, that's when it sunk in. And then what happened at Springfield College is Dr. Stites gave me the chance to coach my last two years as an undergraduate, because it was Division Two, it was uh, there was a JV program, so I was able to coach while I was in college, oh. two years, and that put me in a position to get my graduate assistantship, get my master's degree, and then get my first job at the University of Texas. Oh wow! Okay, so Texas, were you there with BMW or is that was that? Uh, well, no, that that was Travis Mays, uh, 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 Blanks Mays and Wright. I was there. Bob Weltley hired me, and Travis Mays was a freshman from Ocala. Uh, Joey Wright transferred in. Lance Blanks transferred from Virginia. But yeah, we had those T-shirts made and sort of got into a little trouble with BMW because we had the we had the symbol, and then we had BMW Blanks Mays and Wright, and on the back it said the ultimate scoring machine. But yeah, that was, and I'll tell you, I used that in recruiting everywhere else I went because the one thing you you did when you were recruiting back in the day, if I was recruiting your son Bryce and he was a point guard, you would want to know how many point guards are in the program, what's the depth chart, you want to know what his playing time is going to be, and what I would tell you is, first of all, can't guarantee you anything, and <laughs> you with blanks, maze, and right, those were three legitimate. Two of them went to the league, yeah. okay, and played point guard. So we played. We played three point guards. We played Alvin Hagues was a 6'9 junior college kid, lives in Houston, Texas. I think he went to a Juco in Jacksonville. I mean, we're talking 30 years ago. And we had a big Brazilian. And you notice when I say Brazilian, so you know he wasn't a center. He thought he was our point guard at (laughs) 7'1". And that was a team with those guards that we made a run. So after Coach Weltlick got released, I stayed on with Tom Penders. And that's when Tom Penders really Mm. implemented the running horns. But yeah, that, that, that was a... That was an unbelievable team. So anytime I recruited and a parent said, where is my son going to fit in? I'm like, if your kid can play, we'll find a spot. Mm. And now we know it's positionalist basketball. Back then, you know, everyone wanted to know this, that, or that. And after the third time you would ask me, Jason, when, how much is Bryce going to play? Where is he going to play? I'd go, um, hey, I'm going through a tunnel near LAX. You're breaking up. up." (laughs) Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know, I love college hoops, obviously. It's at a bit of a crossroads right now. So, we, you know, it, people don't seem to care as much. But I know you, obviously, you did some TV out here during the NCAA tournament. You recruited at Arizona State. Uh, any really awesome, juicy recruiting stories? Now that you see the NIL stuff, kids are getting offered houses, and it's a negotiation from the jump. Uh, was it like that back in the day? Yeah, but it, it wasn't called the NIL. It was just called cheating. And so what you knew, what you knew was, you know, it, it's sort of like as a recruiter and I'm going head to head with you. And if I know you're recruiting, I was never going to turn you and you, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But I always wanted to know. So the guys that that you knew and it's just it's like in everything. Everybody knows who cheats at work. Everybody know who bends the rules here and there. Everybody knows in the neighborhood, you know, what wife or what husband, you know, isn't isn't loyal. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows. And and so what I would do is if I found out you were cheating, I would just pull out and go to the next recruit because mm-hmm. I was always scared to cheat because all of a sudden I cheat with you and your son and it doesn't work out. I have to figure out, oh man, are they ever going to say anything? And trust me, back then, I could tell you 87 different ways to cheat, okay, and not get caught, mm. okay? You just, there, there, were, there were ways you could cheat and not get caught, but how do you go to bed every night? I just couldn't do that. You know, having a wife, wanting to have kids, which we eventually had, you know, and wondering like, geez, if I wake up, then the other thing is if boosters are involved in cheating and they don't like the style of play you're playing, they don't like who you're playing. It just opened up too many things. So yeah, it was going on. I think it's absolutely a good thing if it doesn't get crazy, because here was my point. I always thought schools made so much money. NCAA, this is. They made so much money off these kids, the jerseys, the ticket sales, the NCAA appearances, the TV packages, that I didn't think these kids, like everyone said, well, they should get laundry money. No, they should have got a little bit more than laundry (laughs) money. But here was the problem, Jason. You can't give the same amount of money that you can give at Duke and North Carolina and UCLA to the players at Long Beach State, to the players at USD, you know, to 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 Florida International. You just can't. I mean, think about if you just gave money from the the, the selling of Coca-Cola at Michigan football games, how much money they made to, to be able to spread it out. But here was the problem that I had back in the day. If a kid wanted to transfer, the coach had to sign a release or he had to sit out. Mm, But if a coach got offered a job, okay, from East Carolina to just say North Carolina, just using the premise of a small school to Mm. a blue blood school, the coach could leave on Wednesday if he was offered the job on Sunday and there was no repercussion. So I never thought that was fair that coaches could leave but kids could leave. And then here's another thing. Your kid's playing for me, let's just say at UCLA, and it doesn't work out for whatever reason. It could be the kid doesn't like me or I didn't like him if I was a head coach. I could tell you that I'm going to let you transfer to this school, this school, or this school, mm-hmm. but you can't go to USC or Arizona or Cal because I won't sign the release. Uh. I just thought that was unfair. So I'm happy with what they're doing, but it's sort of like the wild, wild west. And I'm thinking, well, all these schools that have billionaires, do they have an advantage over all these schools that have a couple millionaires? Because yeah. the difference between a billion and a millionaire, that's $999 million. Yeah, yeah. yeah significant. Uh, you know, Dave, it, just listening to you talk, it's pretty clear relationships matter to you uh, significantly. It's how, you know, it sounds like that's the, one of the number one things that's been a driving force behind your career. I am curious, how do you handle that balance of, 
hey, I am friends with Chris Paul, but he just totally had an awful game. And you know what? I've got to go on TV or radio and criticize him. And how do you handle that balance of I don't want to crush the guy, but I've got to be realistic because it's my job? Well, that's a great question. And, and I get asked that all the time by just my buddies, you know, guys that I went to school with that are pilots or lawyers or doctors back east. And uh, and I always give this answer. You got to keep it 100. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you who taught me that. Kobe Bryant. Mm. Okay. When I was a college coach and would go to Laker practices and, and watch them practice, that's how I formed my real adult bond with Kobe Bryant, you know, going and watching them work out. Jim Clemens was like a second dad to me that was on Phil staff in Chicago and, and with the Lakers. So um, all of a sudden I'm on TV six days a week. Okay. As an analyst for the Los Angeles Lakers with James Worthy, Chris McGee. Um, at that time, I, I think, I think Big Shot Bob was with us or hadn't joined us yet. Maybe Antoine uh, Jamison was with us. But bottom line is NBA players listen yeah. to what you say. They listen to what I say. And we're sort of small in that scale where we could name, you know, 100 other people that, are, that have bigger names than us. Okay, but they listen. And Kobe used to get on me. This is going to blow your mind. Kobe Bryant used to get on me. He would go home and – the, the Time Warner cable channel would run 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So you, you do one, you do one show and it's on the next day until you air the next show live. He would get on me because I was so soft on the players. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's ingenious because the one thing I learned coaching Chris Paul is great players want to be coached. Kobe Bryant, you know, everyone says, oh, Kobe's hard to coach. No, he wasn't. Everyone says Rondo is hard to coach. You know who says that? The coaches that it doesn't work and they get fired because Rondo's going to call you out if you're an assistant and you're trying to say, this is how we're going to guard the pick and roll tonight, okay, in Chicago, or this is what we're going to do in Miami. And he's got an idea that might be better. Well, the good coaches and the successful ones have an open ear. Now, they may not do it, but they're going to listen to you. So Kobe Bryant got on me all the time. Why are you so soft? And I won't mention names. You, you'd have oh, to pay me a not. lot of, of money. Of course you won't mention names. You'd have to pay me a lot of money. I, I couldn't do this for free. But if you want to get a TV show, I will let you know it all. But he'd go, why were you so soft on him last night? And I go, I go, I go, KB, I, I wasn't soft. He goes, tell me about his game right now, what he did last night in the second quarter, you know, in that three-minute stretch. And Howard Stern-like – with a lot of words that I won't use on yeah, this yeah. podcast. I, and you know I can use those words. Of course, yes. I, I, would just, I would just ramble and ramble and ramble. He goes, he goes, that's what I want you to do. And I said, I can't do that. I said, the Lakers would fire me on the mm. spot. I said, any TV station would fire me. So you have to find, you got to tell the truth because – you're a basketball fan. You admitted that, right? You yeah. watch games 24-7, okay? You probably take games and watch them. If you're watching a game and I'm doing the post-game show and I'm not telling you the truth, I lose all credibility. Yeah. But you can't attack them. I have to explain it. I have to dissect it. I got to say why it worked, why it didn't work. And then with coaches, you you bring this question is great. There's not a Division One college coach that I probably don't know. And all like like Bill Self, we 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 rose the ladder together. Mike Bray, you know, when I got the job at West Point and he was at Duke, he showed me the ropes in recruiting in California when we would fly out here. So for coaches, I never second guess them, but I say what I like, what I didn't like. I, I'll say I might have done this if it was my team, but no one knows the team better. But I'll tell you what's great to end this question. I was doing a game, Utah and maybe UCLA, Pac-12 game on FS1. And Utah needed a last-second shot. And, of course, my my play-by-play my, my, uh, -play guy says, Coach, take us in the huddle. And without getting too coach talk, I said, if I were them, I'm going to go box set and I'm going to run an elevator screen, which means picture an elevator door closing. You know, you shoot the gap, you come through, and sure enough, they ran it. When that happens wow. – Cha-ching, uh, cha-ching, yeah, cha-ching. Yeah. Cha so, that's, you know, there, yeah. there's a lot of good about being – that's what makes being an analyst so much fun. You never win or lose a game. I prep the same way I would if I was coaching a game. But at the end of the night, I'll be 100. Sometimes okay. I'll feel bad if a friend yeah. loses. But I'm not rooting for anyone to win the game. What I'm rooting for is a great game.
Great game. All right. Let's get to the uh, current NBA playoffs. I am curious, Dave, uh, most overrated player in the, in the NBA playoffs this year and the most underrated. I'll get it started. If you want a quick second, I think Kyrie Irving's the most overrated player in the game. Uh, Tremendous player, just not a team guy, not a winner and underrated. I I, I'm going to stick with Jason Tatum. I said it. I was on undisputed. I said, he's the best one-on-one player since Kobe. All these people came after me. Oh, you're crazy. That's insane. Jason Tatum, Dave, it looks like a top seven guy in the league in these, in this postseason. He's been amazing. Yeah, when you hit me with that, you blew my mind because I'm like, oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta sit here and calculate. That's a, I know but, you gotta go through the guys, yeah. But no, no. But with giving me that, that's why I like when there's a board and you're on TV because I'll tell you what, you could have picked a better player than Jason Tatum. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. You know the way the way that he has taken over, and, and trust me, remember that. This Celtic team caught fire around Christmas, and 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 you know they sweep Brooklyn. They really defended as a team. And, you know, I could tell you that Smart set the tone defensively. He can guard anybody. But I thought Jason Tatum has been playing like a superstar. You are you are a 100% correct. You know, what I what I would say about Kyrie, you know, it's that he he's so, so talented. Um, His handles, his finishes. I mean, I haven't seen guys ever like that when he's on. Um, um, and, and, And we know he missed most of the season. And. When you talk to him, I, I was in a gym one time. I think Phil Handy was doing a workout. And my, mm. my son, David Miller, who's an assistant at Xavier, uh, now in the Big East, he was there and he was rebounding. And I'm watching I'm watching Kyrie and, and Jason, I got to tell you, I left there going, that dude's a basketball <laughs> genius. He's, he's a basketball genius. And he's one of the few guys in our game that makes things look easy. And, and here I'm going to take a different thing and not, and not, not, you know, a lot of people have said he's fraudulent, but you know, he act number one, he acted within his rights, like a lot of other unvaccinated people and athletes in any, in any arena. And I just don't mean an NBA arena to, to not get vaccinated, yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately it hurt that team because he had to miss all those games, but I, I, I can't hold people that accountable and react negatively to them because of COVID, because it was a first time thing. You know, the questions that I have here, here's some issues. Does he care about winning? I don't know because I'm not in that locker room. I I could sit here and, you know, gun to my head. I could say something if you had my wife hostage, but (laughs) that's not fair because, because you and I don't know Kyrie Irving. I know Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's been in my house. I know KD. Yeah. I could name all these players as we talk about that. I know, but I don't know Kyrie. But this is what I would ask him if I was an owner, a GM, an assistant coach. Do you care about winning? Do you care about mm. your teammates? Um, you know, is his ceiling higher than the 10 feet goals? You know, at my camp, I always say our goals at MVPcamp.com are higher than 10 feet. And if you think about it, the goal is 10 feet. But I'm trying to make your son or daughter learn basketball, but I'm preparing them for life after basketball. Eye contact. Yes, sir. No, sir. Going to college when they're away from you and your wife and going, it's Thursday night. Should I go out and party with my friends or should I finish this paper that's due Friday at 8 a.m.? Those are the life lessons that you teach. So there's issues with me and Kyrie as a fan, not as an expert. You know, was he unable or was he unwilling to help Kevin Durant and the Nets this year? Those are the things that I would have to research and figure out before I could give an educated answer to say it was fraudulent. Because the one thing I respect about the league after coaching in it is that all those players, there's no frauds. They're there for a reason. They may have bad days. They have bad weeks. You know, I asked Henry Bibby one time on a flight. He was one of my favorite 76ers. I grew up a 76er fan, right, with that team, with George McGinnis, Henry Bibby, Doug Collins, Daryl Dawkins, Codwell Jones. No one talks about Steve Mix, right, all defense, right, out of North Carolina. I said, I said, Hank, how did you know it was over? And he said, because I'd have a great game, I'd have two bad games. I'd have a great game, great game. I'd have four bad games. So there are no frauds in the NBA. I mean, I look out there and I say, how did Byron Scott, you know, and James Worthy and, you know, my, my Showtime Laker friends not make $49 million in a year, right? I mean, the, the league yeah. is saturated. The yeah, league is saturated, loaded, yeah. but 
everybody in the league is there for a reason. And if you're not, you expose yourself and you're, you're, it's a country club. You're either in it for the, for the, for the get go, or all of a sudden they find out nah, that's not our type of country club member. Yeah. And then you're out. Yeah, it, it, the problem with the, you know asking Kyrie all these questions, even if he gave the answer, I think I'm an actions over words guy, right? And you know his actions have been just one of I, I'm not that I just don't get the vibe that he's that interested in being a team player. Do you? Well, I would say this that I can't answer that. I mean, what you're saying, I can't dispute it because facts are facts, and that's your opinion. Right. <laughs> so then, what I would say is, let's redo your contract. And again, I don't know if you could do this legally, but this is just my thought process being on a podcast. Let's de- redo your contract. In order for you to get paid, if you really love basketball, and I think he came out and said he wants to be there. I, I wouldn't oh, yeah. swear. Okay, I, I thought I heard that. But then I got to say, then we need to play 65-plus games. You know, mm-hmm. sort of how players have incentives. You know, coaches in college have incentives. I mean, isn't this crazy? If your team has a 3.7 GPA, you're going to get $500,000. Well, what the hell do you think you're a college coach for? They're supposed to have a 3.7, and you're supposed to make sure that they go to study hall. But, yeah, with you saying that, I would have to put something in the contract that mm-hmm. says you have to play a certain amount of games or I'm cutting your contract to uh, to uh, three point whatever the, the, the veteran minimum. And, again, mm-hmm. I, I know there's rules and all that. But that would just be my logical thinking. There's got to be a number then, because if you're going to tell me what I want to hear, then the other thing is, hey, being a recruiter that I was, I knew the minute I walked into somebody's house in a home visit, if they were into the visit or not. I'm not going to give you the player's name, but I'll give you the university. We were against Kentucky and we went in and we did the best home visit that could have ever been given. We get up and walk out the door. And as we're walking down the sidewalk in Compton, all of a sudden, the Kentucky coaching staff is getting out of a car, no and they're way. coming up. I looked at Henry Bibby. He goes, how do you think it was, Coach? I said, we did a great presentation, but we ain't getting that kid, and he went to Kentucky. Wow. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. All right, you yeah, how about this people. one? Yeah, I'm going to have to – I'm going to dig around and see who uh, who that was. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, quick question. Hey, Sean who, Prince. Hey, Sean Prince. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, hey, Tayshawn Prince, really good player. Spent a lot of time. But in you know league. what? Um, we ended up beating them in the Sweet 16. And, and you know, I, I, here's the other thing, Jason. I don't believe that people play with a chip. You got a chip. You can't. You can't dunk. You're gonna go your whole life walking around and not having and not being able to dunk a basketball. And, and Jason McIntyre says, "I got a chip on my shoulder. I can't dunk." This crap that people say on TV. He plays with the chip. No, he's not. He's paying to his mortgage. He's paying to get money for his kids to go to school and you know what the modern day nba player does they don't think about money they think about generational wealth you know back in the day when i was a sixer fan hey man all the gold chains and daryl dawkins every time he had a dunk he got a new pendant right you know wasn't he from love tron and he named all his dunks Mm. people ain't naming their damn dunks they're trying to figure out how can my kids kids be safe and sound with generational wealth well, I so I just looked up that USC team that made a run to the Elite Eight. Brian Scalabrini, I've done some some work with him. He's a nice guy. Sam Clancy, um, Jeff Trapanier. Hey, Sam Clancy, the best player. Okay, to come out of, out of Ohio, we were able to go in and get there. What's funny about Scalabrini? I went to watch his teammate Quincy Wilder, a guard that was with us for a year, and saw Brian Scalabrini and called Henry Bibby, and I said, "I'm going to tell you one thing." I've not coached. I've not seen uh, a pl- a big man that could pass like Scalabrini since I coached John Hot Rod Williams, the one from Tulane wow. that ended up playing with the Cleveland Cats? Cavaliers. Yeah, and uh, Hot Rod. you know, Scal. Yeah, Scal was a student of the game, and then. You know, Sam was a student of the game, but not as much. So I made them roommates when they got to SC so that every time Brian wanted to go to the gym, who do you think he brought with him to get up shots? Sam. Sam Clancy. And then Jeff Trepanier was phenomenal. Um, You know, David Blutenthal from Westchester High School was on that team. That's always been the last cut. He was like the Michael Jordan of that team in Israel. Uh, uh, Oh, God. Trepanier was a jump dunking machine, right? Couldn't he jump out of the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his best thing was Mike Krzyzewski, after we lost in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four, Mike Krzyzewski pulled me aside and, you know, we have a relationship from West Point. And he said, that was the toughest guy we had to cover 
all season long. Really? Because what we would do with Trepanier, we'd put him on a wing and we'd have Scalabrini come up and set a back pick. So picture Scalabrini's in the block on the post and, and, and we'd put same side action. So when Scalabrini came up to set that back pick, what does his man have to do if you know Trepanier's coming off for a lob? He's got to stay home, right? You stay home. If not, it's a, it's a slam dunk. So we made them pick their poison because if he stayed home, okay, boom, we got, we, we got, we got that option. If he helped, okay, now Scalabrini just a little, little, you know, pivot shot, yeah. elbow jumper like David West. Yeah. Oh, man, that Duke team that you lost to had Battier, Jay Williams, Dunleavy, Duhon. Holy co- Boozer coming off the bench. What a stacked team. I am curious, when you recruited Scalabrini, did, did anybody think he had an NBA future? Um. I wouldn't say an NBA – well, when he played, obviously, well, and yeah, we started yeah. winning games. But, um, no, I, I would say this. It got hot and heavy with him once he – it came out in the scouting services that we were recruiting him because now all the other big schools came in. And I was afraid you – know, you know what's crazy? When you have all these big-time schools and big-time head coaches come in. You can recruit a kid for two or three years, and they lose out on somebody, and they come in, and you can't blame the kid for going. So, no, I don't want to say that, uh, you know, I thought he was a pro the moment I saw him. I'll tell you what I, I told Henry Bibby. I said, if we can get Brian Scalabrini paired with Sam Clancy, we'll have the best duo in terms of big inside out and everything we ran, Jason. And I'm going to bring it to your house one day when I'm walking by. I still have the notebook and I talked about it on CBS during uh, March Madness. We ran 78 plays. Now think of this, 78 quick hit plays and every player on our team knew those 78 plays. They were numbered. And in those 78 plays, there were three or four quick hit options, but everything ended in a baseline stagger with a Kansas back pick and roll that got us into high low. So, you know, again, not getting too crazy and and trying to chart something and we're on a podcast is, you know, it's a quick hit. You got a backdoor cut. No, you got a pin down. You got a double staggered. We're looking to get jump shots. You got a cross screen to get Scalabrini the ball. No go. We run a baseline stagger and all we do is space the floor, run a back pick lob for Trepanier, which we usually would get, and nothing there, you put the ball in Scalabrini's hands at the high post. He can shoot it, he can dribble it, he can pass it, or he could hit Sam Clancy on a duck-in, and that's what made that team get to the Elite Eight is because we had pieces that fit. Unlike the Lakers, our pieces fit, and they worked. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We can wrap up with the Lakers. Um, you know, all of a sudden, let's say Jeannie Buss, who I'm assuming you know, and Magic Johnson, who you definitely know, and uh, company, they call you up, Dave, hey, you know, what do, you, what do, you, do we trade AD? Do we do we keep Russ? Do we trade him? Any thoughts, Dave? What, what do you think? How do we fix the Lakers? Be blunt and honest. That's what you're best at. Well, I, I you know, obviously I, I know Jeannie from doing, you know, covering her team. And I, I, you know, her father and I had a much closer relationship because of his USC bond. So he would always invite Henry and Bibby and I to the forum and we'd eat with them and we'd go to the game and, or we'd go up into the suite. Um, so she's not calling. Um, Rambus isn't <laughs> calling. Um, Polinka I haven't run into for a while, but you know, you, 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 you got to get rid of Russ and not, and I don't say that in a bad way. I say it in an unfit way. I'm I'm very close to Russell Westbrook and his parents and his younger brother. His younger brother played football with my with my son uh, Mikey that ended up playing football at San Diego State. So they are one of the best families in basketball. Mm. And uh, you know I I, I just I just love his family. But it just wasn't going to fit. And and I see why they thought it was going to fit. But, but the pieces just did not align. And, and that's not hindsight. You know, when that happened, I was like, this, this isn't going to work. So you can't blame Russ, okay? Because you don't tell NBA guys to change their game 180 degrees. Yeah. You, you just don't. You can, you can tweak it here or there. Um, I said this when they got LeBron. It was all about winning championships, which they did win one. And I thought they could win one more, you know, people say two or three more. That's like with Shaq and Kobe saying they could have won five or six, you know, you get one championship out of that. That's a good deal for LA. You get two, man. That's a really good deal. So LeBron was the, the present when they signed Anthony Davis, I thought, man, and you're going to go crazy. And a million people will say I'm nuts when I say this, but I really thought that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but not in the sense of his game, but in sense of being that foundational piece. Yeah. Like I thought people would come to play with AD after LeBron passes the torch to the next great player, which in the league I'm talking, and, and it's not AD. But AD, I've you know, obviously, you know, breaking news, he gets hurt a lot. Breaking <laughs> news, he misses games, you know, and he's not trying to – to miss games and he's not trying to get hurt. You know, it just, that stuff happens, but he hasn't been that guy that I think when LeBron retires or leaves, maybe to go play with Bronny somewhere, who knows what's going to happen there. But I don't know if Anthony Davis is that guy that is going to be the magnet that is going to pull them here. LA pulls it itself. Okay. Because of LA and because of those banners and because of Lakers and because of crypto.com, but, um, you know, I just – I know that they needed youth. I know that they needed athleticism. But son of a gun, and I wish I could have cursed. I should have. It would have been so dramatic. <laughs> son of a – they needed yeah. shooters. And, and what I saw was, you know, they, they, they had takers, not makers. And you know what? A lot of haters about Melo. But tell me. You tell me. Yeah. You tell me that you're not a coach. Best- Melo did his job. Fourth or fifth best player on the team this year? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe and, higher. I don't and know. Then, and then you get the kid from Oklahoma State. He did a good job. But 
when you're the Lakers, Kobe used to say this all the time. If you're not in a parade, the season sucks. If you don't <laughs> win a championship, the season sucks. You know, Kobe didn't care about numbers and stats. Kobe wanted to win championships. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I just don't know. I think it's a mess. I mean, I just heard today the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know if this is true or not. Phil Jackson is going to help with their coaching search. Oh, geez. Tell me that's a, tell me that's a bad rumor. What, what is he? Well, He's like I'm 80 years old on a reservation in Idaho or something. I, yeah, yeah, but you know they have the internet there. They have TNT. I don't know, watch. man. He's he's into reading books. I don't think he's studying the league and like. Well, listen, uh, listen. He went to the Knicks and was supposed to redo the Knicks, and he left the Knicks worse than when he got there. Total disaster. And and and, and, and then it's you know D Fish, then it's Kurt Rambis, and you know um, I, I just. My advice, so they're not going to call me, so maybe I'm just going to get a billboard out perfect, and say, yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers need to hire people from outside That's the something. organization that are basketball geniuses and not operate like a mom-and-pop shop. You know, that was good. That sounded great. You know, do you remember your parents telling you they walked 25 miles to school in the snow? <laughs> you know, do you remember your 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 uncle saying, well, yeah. one time they gave me a $1.13 extra change and I walked back to the store. Bullshit. Yeah. They didn't do that. Your <laughs> uncle kept $1.13 and exactly. your parents didn't walk the damn school. So to no. say it's a mom-and-pop business – they're not competing against mom and pop businesses. They're, you know, the guy next door, how many billions does he have? Oh, yeah, I think he's the richest owner in the league, right? Yeah. Maybe that ain't mom one, and pop. He's two. Yeah. Hey, that ain't mom and pop. They need some fresh minds in there. They need someone in there who has the gravitas to, to listen to your stars. Of course you listen to your stars. But they need someone that's going to say, really appreciate your input. Uh, we'll take it into consideration and then make the decision that's best. Because, you know, you know what's crazy is I'll say this on your podcast and they'll all get mad at me. But Stephen A. Smith can call him a dumpster fire. You know, Stephen <laughs> A. Smith can, you know, you know, you know, keep it not 100, 1,000. And then he'll come into Staples Center and still have a front row media seat. Right. Oh, you know, I, I'll say something. And, you know, I, I can't get a media credential, um, <laughs> you know, because because, I, you know, like I say, I love the Lakers. The, the Lakers were great. And, and I loved every day, man, I was able to be an analyst for them. And, uh, you know, I, I cheer for the Lakers, but, but they need, they need a clean slate. They need fresh minds. They need people that can come in here analytically and, uh, and put this thing together because the league is best yeah. when LA the Lakers are good, when the Knicks are good, when the heat are good, when but, the Spurs but do, wait, are good. But Dave, do you think Jeannie Buss is willing to say, you know, thanks for the input, Linda and Kurt Rambis. Thanks, Magic, but I, I think we're going to hand it over to some numbers guys, some numbers geeks. We're going to give it to the nerds no. and see what they can do. No, I don't. She no, won't do that. because this. I think you would have you done that already. Yeah, there's no chance. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the same old thing, and LeBron's going to get taken. And I, I want to make sure this comes perfectly clear. She is so intelligent. Yeah, She'll forget more about business than I'll ever know. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, 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 and she's a great owner. She is a great, the way she deals with fans. And when I'm at games and they walk by where she's sitting, you know, in that uh, first or second row there, I think it's section 112, man. She meets, she greets, you know, I mean, she's unbelievable. I mean, if my daughter could be half the lady that Jeannie Buss is in her professional life, that, that's a home, that, no, it's, it's a grand slam. Yeah, yeah, certainly. But it's not working right now. You you gotta have some other people come in there, and you gotta hand the reins over to them. And uh, you know, I, I haven't seen that yet, and I, I'm I'm wishful, and I'm I, I fingers crossed that it does. Optimistic, but cautiously, right? Uh, all right, he is Dave Miller, former NBA that coach, uh, great recruiter, college basketball guy, just a great talker. Uh, Dave, hey, thanks for taking the time, jumping on the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you soon, my friend. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. 
So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.